Yo, what's up, guys and gals? Today's episode of Gravity Lab Radio is brought to you by you, the fans, the guests, the Rona virus. Yeah, man, we're in the middle of weird and awkward times, and uh, due to those weird and awkward times, we held the show remotely. Uh, Nick Law and I have seen each other in passing at work. We've seen each other passing here and there, but we, we want to help maintain that standard and, and set that example, so we are staying away from each other. Uh, we're both staying relatively healthy, relatively clean, and living very, very smart lives, but we wanted to host a Skype show, and we'll probably do so at least for the next month and, and do it through Skype. Tonight's show, number one, is a test, uh, and number two, it is all about you guys. We had a few of our friends call in on Skype. Uh, one of them we expected, the other ones we did not expect, so, so we didn't know who. When I say it's a test, be patient. The audio quality, because we're doing Skype calls, is not going to be normally what we have. And uh, man, you're going to hear me just explode during uh, technical glitches and difficulties. I say explode. I don't say anything or do anything crazy or bad, but uh, you'll hear Nick make fun of me and how frenetic I am. I, I had a bunch of different screens, monitors, and things going on. We're using the same software, same hardware we always use, uh, but it's set up extremely different for this show. So uh, please be patient as you listen to the show. The first little bit, there'll be glitches, there'll even be stops in audio, but everything will keep going. If you hear any gap, two or three seconds of audio, no, it's not you. It is what we had working on, and it'll make a lot of sense. But we really want to thank you guys and gals, especially those who called in, KDP, Alex DeGlopper, Katie Van Lowe, Lori... Uh, Pataloco and Blair Smith. All of you guys gave us a holler, gave us a call in. We really appreciate it. Guys and gals in the future, if you ever see us do a show like this again, don't hesitate to call in. Even if you only want a one minute shout out, only if you want a one minute to say, say hello, what's up, what's going on. If you want to holler at us and you don't want to keep your face on screen and you just want to use the audio, we can hit you. You can still hit us up on Skype without using the video feature and uh, your face doesn't have to be seen. We really appreciate you guys and gals joining us. We hope everybody out there is washing their hands, keeping distance, being safe, being socially and healthily aware, uh, protect each other and be safe. I really want to encourage you guys and gals to support each other through this. Uh, some of us have been blessed to be able to work through this and some of us have been uh, not so blessed and we don't get to work at all. So know your friends in the service industries, know your friends who don't work right now, and offer them some help. I know uh, next week I have a couple full-time skydivers coming to my house doing a little bit of manual labor, tearing out the yard, tearing out some trees, bushes, shrubs, whatever it is. We're going to hire them, we're going to help them out, and we're going to uh, give back to our community. We'll encourage you guys and gals to do the same. Till then, enjoy the show. Sorry about all the technical glitchiness. You think being an Asian, I'd figure this shit out by now. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Yo, Mr. P. He said with a question mark? Yeah, he says with a question mark because I know we're recording. I know we're brought. Oh, you know what? I know what we're not doing yet. Those people in Facebook land can only hear our voices, but now they can see our faces. What's up, oh, buddy? you know what I should do? I should open up the live stream in a window so I can also see what's happening. 
so you can see what's going on, see what the dealio is. So, yeah, yo, guys, and control anything, but it'll make me feel better. Dude, you can do some interacting. You can help me manage some of the conversation. Guys and gals, we are live on uh, Facebook Live tonight. We normally do these uh, Gravity Lab radios in person, but it is the uh, Stay Your Ass at Home edition of Gravity Lab Radio. So, uh, are you sure it's live? Am I sure it's live? Yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not, dude. <laughs> oh, yo, bro. <laughs> So, guys and gals, if you're listening to this video at home or this audio at home, you know you heard the intro twice. Yo, what's up, guys and gals? This is our take two, second try. We've already introduced the show, but somebody hit record but forgot to hit live. So it's Gravity Lab Radio, Stay at Home Edition. Mr. P, Nick Lott, how you doing, brother? Uh, are we, in fact, live now for sure? Dude, it says in live video on this other screen. You're in okay. charge of all this computer shit, man. I'm I'm just the p- pretty face on the other side. Oh, it's telling me that, that we're live from my computer. I'm going to find it. Ah, cool. live. I see it. Okay, great. So this whole COVID-19 crap, dude, I, I'm really honestly sick of hearing and talking about that. So tonight, if anybody calls in, hollers at us, shells, I don't want to hear anything about uh, what's going on, when it's going on. Stay your ass at home. We're done with that. Stay at home, support your friends, support your family, help each other out. I miss your faces. I miss Nick Lott's face, and, and we just want to hang out with everybody. So uh, if you have Skype, search for Gravity Lab Radio on Skype. Hit us up. We'll answer the call, and you can join us, and we'll say hello. Right now, you can see the screen is actually set up for two of your faces. Dude, you look kind of cool. Did you see that little change of two of your faces on the screen? No, I don't know what's happening. I'm you, actually... Okay? The cat is right here in my lap. I'm going to bring him up because he's adorable. He's cuter. Better to look at than me. Is his face blurry? Oh, there we go. All right. There he goes. Oh, no, so we, we are going to have one problem I'm noticing here. And, and the problem I'm noticing... Yeah. Go ahead. No, what's the problem? Is as I'm bouncing around and moving screen to screen, I've come to realize I... Uh, at some point need oh, to take yeah, control of... I see of my s- double face thing now that you mentioned. <laughs> Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah, yeah. Kevin, Kevin um, I'm going to at some point have to actually take control of the uh, video. Apparently, uh, there's all sorts of weird issues. Uh, the guys and gals, be patient as I'm learning how to put all this software together on the same screen, uh, doing all that things. People are hitting us up a little bit on uh, Skype. I am going. Is that to, happening uh, already? Yeah, yeah, man. I I won't lie. I did arrange one of these a little bit earlier than not. Um, some one of our good friends hit us up, and I actually want to answer. But oh, holy cow, dude, I'm trying to figure out all the buttons that belong over here. So I'm going to, uh, Nick, tell me what uh, video I'm you just posted you how from Scott Space Land. This COVID, uh, COVID disaster so far. I've been working from home a lot more than usual. I've spent a lot of time on this brand new computer of mine. It's been nice to get acquainted with the computer, but it's been uh, equally not nice to not interact with any people. It's been very weird. Um, we, I go grocery shopping way, not way more often, but when I go grocery shopping, I buy way more food than I usually do. You know that I'm a hippie when it comes to the way that I eat and that I like fresh food. And now it's like, I go shopping with the hopes of like not having to go back to the grocery store for a super long time because it's like the most unpleasant experience right now going to the grocery store. And uh, hang out with uh, Sam, who I'm sure will make an appearance at some point here in the show. She's doing uh, yoga at the moment. 
And I hang out with the cats a little bit more. Uh, they like me a lot when I give them treats, so we've been working on that. And uh, I have gotten out of the house to go to the drop zone a few times to... Oh, are you showing the, the night record video right now? I am, dude. I'm actually using that just a little bit, although I have completely lost your video. Oh, well, I'm still here. Yeah, I don't get it, man. There's a lot of weirdness going on right now. So right now I do. We, we have Nick Lott's uh, video. What is this video from, Nick? This is from the uh, night world record attempts. The record was not successful. They actually, out of five planned nights of skydiving, only had good enough weather for one night jump. And so that one night jump, I, I think it was a 40-way, somewhere around there, and they had one off on that jump, so they didn't get the record. But uh, the footage, I, I don't think anyone really cared that they didn't get a record because <laughs> if, like, from being on those jumps, the smaller versions of those jumps that we did in November, the visual is just so crazy and so different from anything else that, that you'll even, you know, that it's possible to experience in skydiving that I think everyone who was on the jump enjoyed the visual so much. I don't think anyone was, was really heartbroken that, uh, that there wasn't a record from it because it's, it's, it's cooler than, than most records are. Just, just the jump, just the visuals, just being part of it. Man, I, uh, it was so cool to watch. It was really different. It was really unique. Um, I haven't watched the night jump and, and I can't really tell you how long I actually completely lost video of you right now on, uh, Man, everything on this computer has blown up, man. I've actually lost – oh, here we go. Sweet. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, do me a favor, Nick. Call back into uh, uh, the GLR Skype screen. See Come if on. We... Let me give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. See what happens. And uh, while he's doing that, guys and gals, man, the uh, – Nick, we can oh, – he hung up completely. Uh, those night records. I haven't watched a night jump in forever. It's probably been 15 years since I've actually seen a night jump. And uh, I stayed out three nights in a row, just hoping, just hoping to get a good shot of the night record. And it was so dope to see. Like Nick said, I really didn't care that they, I was hoping they would get the record. I was really pulling for my homies to get this record, but I really didn't care much they didn't get the record. I cared more about the fact that these guys and gals were able to get out there and, uh, and have a good jump. Yeah, records so. are cool because they're records, you know, but it's like you could an amazing record could happen for someone, you know, maybe it's the most points or the biggest formation or whatever. But I think what made this cool and or what makes these sorts of jumps cool and unique is I think that the people on the ground enjoy the experience of, uh, of watching the jump almost as much <laughs> as the people who are on the jump of it's like, it's really a way to turn, uh, skydiving, especially like big way skydiving, big way nighttime skydiving into this crazy, like on the ground spectator experience, which I I don't think we uh, have the opportunity to do very much to get people feeling like they're part of a jump that's happening right now. If that makes any sense, it absolutely does, man. It's it's you never really get that sense or that opportunity to feel like you're part of the jump. I've never felt so connected to any record attempt that we've seen out there, and honestly, we've actually watched a lot of record attempts. We watched a lot of really cool things in our lives, and, and I've never been so excited. I've never been so excited despite failure, and I've never been so impressed or amazed. And just that, that whole sense of community and, and being able to yeah, – I did zero to help this record, nothing. <laughs> and I felt like I was part of it. 
So it, it was pretty effing cool, man. Yeah, when they landed and like you know that good celebration that happens when you're when you've just had a good skydive with the people that were on that skydive. Like even though I wasn't on that jump, I felt like I was part of that celebration, which is pretty neat. Yeah, that made it I think a lot more fun. Uh, you you were a big part of it just with shooting ground footage and whatnot. Um, while we're doing this, um, hey guys and gals, if you are tuned in live right now, I do have one of you t- uh, queued up. Do me a favor, go ahead and call me. You have my contact in here. I'm really just having a hard time managing, manipulating um, uh, uh, Skype. So guys and gals, if you are trying to get a hold of us, if you are trying to hit us up, just search for Gravity Lab Radio on Skype. Uh, try to call me. I think we can uh, enter you in the call easier that way than we can anyway, uh, any other way. So. Uh, hopefully that works. Sorry, we didn't get to test this as much as we wanted. We uh, try to use this a little bit more for uh, LBL altimeters and some projects we do for them, but uh, just didn't happen to work out this time. Hey, look! Oh my God, Nick! There's way too many cameras. I actually need to get um, one of our friends on this call because that would really help me out. <laughs> so you guys are going to get to uh, watch if you're watching this on Facebook Live. You probably are seeing who I'm adding to the call right now. If you can you, figure you know it out about this, is this feels like you know the first time you try and have a FaceTime conversation. And it is it, it. So guys and gals, if you're listening to this anywhere else, uh, sorry we cut out an audio just a little bit. But as Nick Lott said, it's like watching Dad try to figure out Skype. So. She actually, I, I added her to, and guys and gals, sorry again, I'm going to have to trim out just a little bit of audio on this. Oh, I see her. Sorry, I'm, I'm only seeing the live stream on the delay on, on the other screen, which I think is probably 30 seconds behind right now. So I'm getting excited at all the wrong moments. Oh, man, I, I get it, dude. And I really wish that, um, oh, my God, thank you. Haha. <laughs> I really wish I knew how to use this a little bit better. I, uh, Back to we use this for two people at a time, not three people at a time. Instead, oh, we I have this. Yeah, there we go. Now I hear her. Woo! <laughs> Lori, how are you doing? <laughs> oh my God. Number one, it's super good to see you right now because I am going to, in a minute, just take a break from the screen so I can arrange all my technical difficulties. Okay. But uh, what's new? What, what are you up to? I am. In the house board, I'm like hanging with myself and my cat. It's pretty much how it's going right now. I'm I'm having some serious kitty time here as well. It's been real nice. Yeah, it's been good. I actually went out, I tried, I went out kiting my parachute yesterday for a little bit of exercise. That was pretty nice. Yeah. I noticed speaking of kiting your canopy, you're wearing your bullseye shirt. The last time we had you on, you had just uh, finished competing at Performance Design's bullseye competition. Yes. And uh, I think you have a little bit of an update on that. Is that true? It is. Let me show you something. Yeah. While you guys do that, I'm out. Try on blurring that background. First place, baby. Oh yeah. All blurred out. No one can see. We know. We don't even know what really? you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how to unblur because I'm not very technically savvy. But let's just say uh, I actually ended up winning, so that was quite good. I'm pretty pleased with that. So. So what are the results of of winning this competition for those that don't know? So for those that don't know, I got a free canopy coming 
I got $500 off a reserve. Um, I actually um, have met quite a few of the PD guys, which has been pretty sweet. So, yeah, so it's been super good. So it's basically a, a full year of PD sponsorship, right? Two years. I get two years. years of sponsorship, thankfully, because of all this stuff going on. It's been a... I'm glad it's two years because I don't know when we'll be jumping again. So yeah, it's an odd year for skydiving so far, right? Yeah, I think I've only done like 50 jumps this year, which is so weird. Just just when it felt like we were having a break from the weather and getting back into normal swing of things, then uh, in comes this thing. Yeah, but um, I'm hopeful that we'll get back to jumping soon. I've already got some coaching planned for coming up soon. So uh, I was supposed to do some Flight 1 training, uh, Flight one 201a and 202a which we had to cancel um so i'll be rescheduling that i've also got some air-to-air training um with one of the guys that i was lucky enough to meet when i went down to flock and dock so yeah it's been really good what do you do for work like what's your regular job i am a banker okay so you do a lot of remote work before now right well technically i haven't had a job in like over a year so oh, perfect <laughs> Yeah, so, so not I, a lot has changed then for you, other than not going to the drop zone so much. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a little weird just being able to hang at home, but uh, yeah, no, it's been good. All right, I'm taking Netflix suggestions. What's been your favorite thing to watch so far? Um, I have not been watching Netflix to be honest. I started using Disney Plus. Disney Plus? Okay, yeah, we have Sam. My girlfriend has that. What have you been watching on Disney Plus? Um, I am obsessed with The Mandalorian. Okay, yeah, I haven't watched that at all. Tell me on it. What's so great about it? Uh, if you have not seen Baby Yoda yet, it is the cutest thing on earth. I don't know. Uh, it's like, plus it's a good story, and I'm not really into Star Wars, so uh-huh. it's actually kind of a cool way to get into Star Wars. You know, it's it's good that DJ isn't really paying attention, that he's trying to troubleshoot technical stuff right now, otherwise he'd be arguing with you about not watching Star Wars. I have no, seen- I'm all good with it. <laughs> 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 he's lying he has a lightsaber in his front room that he shows to everyone okay um i no, i don't it just sits there and it's in front of everyone <laughs> <laughs> so uh what other movies you, you got the mandalorian going what else uh i watched toy story 4 okay which was i was a little afraid because toy story 3 made me cry a lot what about you- the uh, the new lion king you mess around with that at all no not yet have you seen it no. Yeah, it's pretty good. What Is about it? you? Frozen Two. My girlfriend loves that shit. You doing Frozen Two? No. No. What about Frozen? Not neither one of them. I saw Frozen. Yeah, Frozen's okay. Well, there's a song in Frozen Two that I'm not gonna sing because I don't want to torture anyone who's seen the movie. But uh, <laughs> let's just say at my house, I hear it kind of a lot. Really? Yeah, she's singing it all the time. Okay, which can you just say like a couple little bits? Um. If you look up Into the Unknown on YouTube, you will find it real quick. Oh, I have heard of that one. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's the shit right now. That and uh, Justin Bieber's Yummy. Oh, yeah. One of those songs is being played or sang at my house at any given moment. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you watch any of the shorts that are on Disney Plus? I do. That was like the first thing we did when, when Sam got it is we watched all the shorts and just cried together on the couch over these two minute long cartoons right did you ever did you see bounce bounce i'm not sure bounce is about a sheep who loses his fur 
Oh, yes, I did see this one. That is yeah. my favorite one of all time. What's your favorite Disney movie of all time? Did I just open a can of worms here? No, I think it's probably Beauty and the Beast. Okay, did you see the new one? I haven't seen the new one. Yeah, the new one's really good. Yeah, better than the cartoon version? Well, see, it's hard because, like, I remember that from when I'm so old, I remember it from when I'm a kid. So, like, ooh. But, uh, no, actually, I like um, Emma Watson in it. She's really good. Are the songs the same? Yeah. Cause that's it's like literally the same movie. Okay, good. That's that's what I really like. Like the one thing I don't like about the new Lion King, isn't it so funny that we're on a skydiving podcast talking about Disney movies? Just to right? just throw that out there. But uh, the Lion King, the new one, they really messed up one of my favorite songs from the original movie. So. Oh no! Which one? Um, it's one that Scar sings when he's like announcing the takeover to the hyenas. Oh yeah. It's, uh, God, what's the name of it? It'll come to me. I know it's when you're talking about, though. But uh, they change like it's not even a song. Like they don't even uh, sing it. He still says some of the stuff, but uh, it's not good. Okay. But other than that, really liked it. Thought they nailed it. Cool. Maybe Beyonce to... goes a little over the top a few times, but you know, whatever. It's Beyonce. Let her do whatever she wants. Has to. <laughs> That's awesome. So, do you have any uh, any like non-television related goals that you're working on right now? Uh, I have a few actually. Um, so I am starting work in about two weeks, hopefully. So I'll be actually going into the office then, which is essential worker business. But um, no, for my skydiving goals this year, I've got some pretty specific ones as FLCPA is my big one this year. Um, once I get my canopy sorted out, um, I'm really going to be training hard on that. Uh, my second goal is uh, to get with Matt Leonard and get on Flock and Flow to see if I can get good enough to get into something like that. That's something that I really, really want to do this year. Um, the third one is wingsuiting. So I bought an ATC2 from Squirrel, and um, I'm very excited to try that. I've got a couple guys in the drop zone that are looking to help me with that, so I'm super excited about that. Um, my goal this year is to take my first dock in XRW. So mm -hmm. fingers crossed. Cool. Look at that. How many wingsuit jumps have you made so far? Um, I think about 40. Okay. On a Swift 3, so... Has it been about what you imagined learning to wingsuit would be like? Um, it's actually it's actually a lot easier than I thought it would be. Uh, uh, sick burn to all the wingsuiters. Take that, stupid. <laughs> wingsuit, so easy. Perfect. It, yeah, well, it's not, it's, it's not easy, but... Um, good at anything else in skydiving, migrate towards wingsuiting. I get it. <laughs> I just like looking at fly site data. That's all I want to do. Yeah, well, that's why no one uh, likes wing scooters because they're also all nerds. Yeah, see, like I was, oh, I was going to show you my helmet, but you probably won't even see it. But I'm like, oh, I'm super excited because I got some fly site data that I was looking at today. But like, I'm not going to bore you with it. Do you see your little picture in the upper right hand corner of your screen? Yes. If you right click on it and go to okay. unblur my background. Okay. And now grab oh, that. There we go. Look. See? Um, on my helmet's my little fly site. I got the camera. Got I grabbed the lab sticker. Yeah. I, I was nerded out today, so yeah, it was really good. Hey, grab that first place plaque one more time. I want to see that on Blur, too. It's pretty sharp. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's so neat. Thank 
you. I'm glad. I'm glad that the story goes along with it too. Of you said I'm gonna win, like that you claimed it from the from the onset, and that that actually happened. That's super neat. Yeah, thank you. It, I feel really lucky. So yeah, it was really good, and they've been really, really, really good to me. So I am so thankful to PD and everyone at PD because they've been just absolutely brilliant to me, and it's been so nice. Yeah. They're a great company. It's a service that's hard to beat, even when you're a you know a paying customer, let alone a you know sponsored athlete. So they're good people. Yeah, and don't forget, like tomorrow, Julian is talking about canopy stuff tomorrow at eleven o'clock. So please check that out because Ju Julian's super cool. So yeah. Set a reminder. <laughs> right now. So what when you plug in that fly site, what what information are you looking at, and how how does it look when you first start looking at that information? So if I'm looking at it from a wings, so we had a big wingsuit competition, um, an all space line competition um, organized by Ryan Leeper and sponsored um, in part by Squirrel, I think, for the advanced class. Um, the winner of that, I think, won a suit. Um, but what we look at is we have an actual competition window that we look at. So we have three categories that we compete in for um, that competition, which is a performance-based competition. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at my speed. I'm looking at my distance and I'm looking at my time in the window. So um, between 3,000 meters and 2,000 meters um, on each run, I'm trying to get the speed, the horizontal speed as fast as I can through that window mm -hmm. or the distance or the time. Um, I actually uh, focus more on speed only because the suit that I'm flying is not um, used by most of the guys on the drop zone, so I actually have to go fast to keep up with them. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was pretty sweet. Um, I wish there were more rookies to compete against because I was the only rookie, but um, hopefully next year I'll be able to uh, compete against the, the big boys. So when you talk about this window, what does that mean exactly? So the competition window opens at 3,000 meters and closes at 2,000 meters. So you're trying to achieve whatever goal in that window. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to go as fast as you can, you want to build up speed into the window and then carry that through the window. Or um, for the distance and time ones, you want to actually fly as, I guess, not slow, but keep as much um, altitude as you can. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the guys, uh, one of the LOs at San Marcos, uh, Chris Poti was helping me kind of figure that out. Um, but doing something like that's really good because it actually helps you learn how to fly your suit. So learning the suit capabilities, learning, learning how to fly, especially for someone that doesn't have a lot of jumps, it was, it was pretty cool. It was really nice for them to do that for me. So are you, I know that, you can plug in the fly side and kind of debrief with all of the data that it gives you. Do mm -hmm. you also listen to it in in flight, like on a skydive? Are you taking in information from the fly side live? Yeah, so it's pretty sweet. So you can set it up to give you information into um, a little earpiece that you put in. Mm -hmm. So it will actually count down into the window. So you can get it to actually help you figure out when you're going to get into the window. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times what you can do too is just use it as a glide ratio. So you can, it, it'll ping different tones as you're going different in a different glide. Um, so I, I found that pretty helpful. 
Um, but yeah, analyzing the data I found to be super helpful. And I know this is really nerdy, but you know, you guys already know I'm a math nerd anyway. So it's like, it's great because you can see like in real time, you come down from a jump, you plug the information in and you can be like, okay, well, this is how I approached it. This is how it looks. This is what I need to change. So I'm going to join the ranks of the nerds, wingsuiters, whatever. It's fine. That's cool. I really, honestly, like the fly side stuff, the only reason I'm asking is because I have the same like nerd appeal to the information that's there. Yeah. So as much as I enjoy making fun of you for being a nerd, it's only to hide the fact that I am a, a clock. <laughs> so do you use it for canopy stuff? I don't use it at all. I still don't, don't have one. Like I, I feel like uh, most of my canopy stuff, I feel like I evolved in a very fortunate way where a lot of my skill set it just connects to my eyeballs really well without yeah. uh, like it, it just it just seems to make sense to me i guess through a level of experience but uh i think that there are far quicker and more efficient and more effective ways to learn than the way that i learned and i think the fly side is, is one of those ways yeah and it's it's really good actually for the campy stuff because i can actually come down and take a look at the data and then remember that picture that I saw and then relate it to the data. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I can like put the two together, I think has helped speed up some of the, some of the learning process a little bit. Um, but it's definitely, a, it's definitely a good tool to have for sure. Has anyone like overlaying their video with their fly site data to put that stuff together? Um, not the video as far as like, I don't know how to do that. Um, but I also, I use it with the GPS data and the map data. Okay. Yeah. Well, that but sounds I'm super still. I've heard someone, like, sorry. Uh, every time I hear someone talk in depth about how they use their fly site, it makes me realize that I need one and I just haven't done it yet. Well, see, but I don't know if you really need one because like, what would you use it for? You already, oh, you're really good. <laughs> nerd out about it and be like, oh, this is cool. Look what I did. Look at, look at. Look at this turn that I did. Look at the, the all this information that it gives me. And it's like, I, I don't know. You know, it, it's been a while since I've picked like a, a canopy goal other than freestyle tricks because that's just the funnest part of, of flying a parachute to me is doing silly things as I land it. Mm -hmm. But I think having that information more readily available and going able to, you know, being able to pick through it and uh, experiment with things and, you know, play with the difference on rears and the difference on toggles and and all that stuff and, and and just looking at information I think would be would be neat and interesting. Oh, for sure, yeah. Well, and it's interesting too because like um, I was talking to one of the guys that I met um, when I was in Florida, and he was actually my coach at Bullseye, which was crazy that we actually ran into each other, and he was showing me how to read some of the data from the fly site in the way that they read the data. Mm -hmm. from the fly site. So it's interesting to see that different people use the data in different ways to, to read out and pull out what they want. So yeah, I'm pretty curious to like get more into the canopy side of it because the canopy people use it very differently from the wingsuiters obviously, but like learning both sides of it is only to help you in both ways, right? So, so uh, what... We, we got into that on a, was that a wingsuit conversation or a canopy conversation? What what got you into the fly side, I guess? Uh, definitely bullseye. So learning, um, and I think um, we may have talked about this before, but like when I was doing 
um, training for bullseye is using the data, especially on Google Maps, to make sure I was running a consistent pattern. So FlySight definitely helps when you are trying to run a consistent pattern to make sure you're actually doing a consistent pattern, that your turns are all the same. Because otherwise, like, you can use ground references and stuff, but, I mean, you need to get away from that as quickly as you can, right? So it's nice to know once, you're, once you've built the consistency in, then you can start to move things around a bit. And when you're saying consistency, are you meaning being over the same place, like at your entry point in the same place, same altitude? Is that what you mean with consistency? Yeah, so same place, same altitude, same turn to make sure that you're actually doing exactly the same pattern, right? So. And when you say same turn, like same degree of turn, same duration of turn? Exactly. All of, all of it. So it, all of it has to be identical. So you should be able to, and this is what I did when I was doing my pro rating, is that I overlaid every single jump I did to make sure my entry point was the same, my first turn was the same. Then obviously on your base leg, sometimes you change a little bit, but that's your way to kind of figure out where you're gonna be in relation to the target, how strong is the wind. But if I make sure that my entry point is the same and my first turn is exactly the same, everything should kind of line up to make sure that you're gonna get there. So what canopy were you on when you won the bullseye event? I was on a Spectre 120. And is that what you're flying now? I am flying a Storm 97. I've okay. got a Sabre 297 on the way. Um, I've flown a Sabre 297, a Spectre 97, and a Storm 97. So um, I think I'm going to be on the Sabre 2 for a little bit. Um, but then hopefully this year I'll move through a Katana and then hopefully onto maybe a Compilo. We'll see. EJ, you like you look like you're loaded up with a canopy question. <laughs> no, I'm not, man. I uh, I was dealing with. I just with saw that you had finally finished clicking around on there. I thought maybe you had worked your way through some technical difficulties. No, man, we're de really dealing with uh, one or two difficulties, and every now and then I lose video. For example, I have Lori on our Skype call. I, I actually, for those of you just listening, I actually have to manage two calls to make this work. And you're Lori on this screen. I'm talking to. But in our main income screen from everybody else, we just have Nick and I going on right now. So, uh, yeah, Nick straight flexing, man. So, yeah, we, we don't have Lori back the way we wanted, but I've been popping a picture of her here and there. Um, but while we're uh, kicking, man, Lori, I hate to cut you loose. I hate to cut you short. I do want to have you back sometime soon in studio and we'll actually have a real visit. But I want to cut loose and uh, see who else we have going on out there, if you don't. Okay. Bye. Have a good night. Bye, Lori. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for checking in. Bye. <laughs> so, uh, man, it was so fucking cool to work with Lori, to, to deal with Lori and to watch how passionate she is for learning. It's when she makes a mistake, she doesn't get mad. She gets determined to fix it. Mm -hmm. And she was probably one of my favorite things to deal with last year. So, Nick, are you ready for this next one? I have no idea. I have no idea either. It feels so a little right bit like Russian roulette, but I'm into it. I'm not afraid. It does, do because I know I have a series of numbers to type, and it's B, 3, 4, 6, D, 8, 4, 7, 9, B, 9, 5, D, A, D, 3. If that is your Skype name, um, I have no clue who this is, dude. That That is who we're calling out to right now. That's who I'm trying to figure it out. B, 3, 4, 6, D, 8, 
situation like um we're like we haven't really been as affected as everyone else but we jumped on the same kind of bandwagon so we've kind of pretty much locked everything down we can only leave if we're like exercising food medicine that's it basically so are there rules about like going to the grocery store or anything like that yeah so like cafes are still open but they're only doing takeaways and only like one person can be in the cafe at a time Uh uh-huh um supermarkets they've like reduced their hours but um it's shopping as normal but yeah only to go to the shops to go to the uh what do you guys want like the drugstore um and that's pretty they can fine you and shit if you're with more than like two people in public who you don't live with you can get fined wow what's do you know what the fine is it's like 1600 bucks fuck yeah i would i would not hang out with my friends for 1600 (laughs) dollars Yeah, so you're working for uh, for iFly out there, right? Yeah, I just moved. I moved down to Melbourne for it as well. Melbourne, Melbourne. So time out, man. We got to help people out. For those of you who don't know, this is the one, the only Blair Smith. Blair, have we we never had you on the show, did we? Nah, I think well, we talked that. about you about a million times. I- Dude, that, talk about all one of my, my most epic misses of all the guys I could have had on the show. I don't know. Were we doing the show when you were here? I think it started just after I left. Okay. Uh, that would make, make a lot more sense. You've been gone for three years? Yeah, 2016 was the year that we did it. Yeah, wow. 2017 is the year we started, man. So those of you guys and gals who don't know, Blair Smith is probably the first guy who hit the biggest home run with the unlimited jump package. Uh, how many jumps did you do in 2016? Uh, it was like around about a thousand. A thousand. And I think you're the first ones to hit those kind of numbers. And it, it was amazing because Blair actually took a break from his normal life and his normal job. And as a billabong model, that had to be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so what, what's, what's new? What's kicking? Just being in lockdown, really. When did yeah. they shut the tunnel down? Like the last day that they could. Um, uh, fuck, sorry. What's going on here? So this is based on like Australian requirements that they shut the tunnel down. Yeah. Um, we. Sorry. My scotch is going crazy. I got no idea what's going on. Don't worry, we're full of technical difficulties tonight, I, so you're on par with the rest of us. I still um, see you, and you're still beautiful. So I don't think you've got anything to worry about. <laughs> Um, yeah, the tunnel shut down like oh, two, close to two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they, like the government shut down all indoor activities, like indoor sporting activities. So unfortunately we had to shut, but yeah, so we got no real idea as everyone else, I guess, on yeah. what's going on, how long for and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, just playing the waiting game. It sucks because we can't even go and fly, so... 
So are you you just been stuck at home then? Yeah, pretty much. Playing with you, my dog. You live with anybody else? Yeah, yeah. So it's not too bad. There's plenty of shit to do. Hell yeah. What uh, what what have you been doing with your time at home? Um, literally just playing with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> What's your dog's name? I've seen pictures of that adorable fella. Murphy. Murphy. Yeah. And like luckily, like I live like a uh, hundred meters from a massive park, so we just go down there and throw the ball. But they they don't have a problem with people going outside for exercise. Yeah, as long as it's exercise, you're fine. They don't even want you guys turning into a bunch of fat Americans, huh? <laughs> have you uh, you've seen Roy Wimmer's post lately, Nick? BDR? No, not not. Yeah, yeah BDR. Um, he's been making you know silly joking posts about what the Israeli government is doing for lockdown, but he's doing it in mock and sent me a video. Some dude was riding around on his bicycle and the cops in cars were chasing him down and running, driving through parks because he was just cutting through, just pedaling slow and casual. And the cops were trying to chase him down because he was out during the Rona. <laughs> it, is, it is nuts what level. I mean, we should take this a lot more serious than a lot of my American friends are doing. Um, we should probably lock down a little bit more. So the government doesn't lock us down, but holy shit, man, it's nuts out there. Mm. Yeah, man, I go really back and forth as far as what I think the right thing for the government and the world to do is. It's like when you look at the numbers of how many people are sick and the, the number of deaths, like the numbers seem pretty intimidating of like, oh, man, we really got to we got to lock down. We, we can't be you know, we can't be outside. Everyone's going to get sick. All, all this terrible stuff's going to happen. The fucking end of the world is coming. And then you think about how many people live on the planet Earth, and if you were tracking every disease with this much, you know, attention and scrutiny, how many people have died from how many other things are probably also big and scary numbers if you were to look at those all, all on your own. So then I think about that, and it's like, well, should we just all not quarantine so everyone just gets sick and it runs its course and we start building immunity and, you know, it's a little bit of... Uh, you know, a survival of the fittest situation, and maybe maybe that's not fair. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But I go back and forth between being like, "Oh, we got to lock down. No one can leave their houses." To be like, "Oh, let's just all go outside and get back to normal life and let this thing do its uh, do its job," which I think is probably an easy perspective to have until I get sick or someone that I know <laughs> gets sick, and then it'll probably change my change my mind. What do you think about that, Blair? Yeah, I, exactly the same thing. Like one part of me is just like, "Eh, fuck it. Let's just go back to normal." But then. The other part is like, yeah, if we just stay inside for like two weeks, it will probably pretty much go away. Yeah, but I mean, two weeks ago, it was a problem. And two weeks before that, it was a, or, I mean, end of last year was a big problem for China, right? Like, every, that's when everywhere in China was shutting down was, I guess that was like more uh, more January when they were really figuring out that something was, was going on. But... It's, it's not, you know, it's been far longer than two weeks for them, and it hasn't fixed the problem. So Did they go into full lockdown, though? I mean, nah. the, the way that I found out about the coronavirus being a big deal was that the, the company that produces flash drives for Skydive Spaceland, it's a, it's a Chinese-based company, just like most manufacturing. And they were, you know, they, with Chinese New Year, it's like a nationwide holiday that's like a month long. And nobody works, everything's closed down. And so... This happened right at, at right at the beginning of Chinese New Year, and people were traveling all over the place because everyone's off of work and whatever else, and so that's when it really started to spread. And then when everyone was supposed to be coming back to work from Chinese New Year, that's when 
the the virus had spread so much and no one was able to come back to work and uh, so that's when things were starting to shut down but it's like there's there's still you know at the very least a month maybe two months ahead of us with this whole thing and it's like they're they're not done dealing with it so so like is it really realistic that we might be back to to real life in a month or in two months or like is this something that just keeps going on i don't i don't know well, our government has told us that like any measures that they've put in place, they're expecting it to be in place for six months. For six months? Yeah. Fucking crazy, dude. When I think about it's it's April right now. Yeah. Like six our government our government is um like bailing everyone out basically. So what they've just announced like two days ago is that um they're gonna pay all businesses money to keep us employed. So for me personally, like the government's gonna pay iFly money and for every staff that they have on their books still, they're gonna pay $1,500 a fortnight to every staff member. Are you telling me that iFly finally figured out a successful business model? <laughs> Corona. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry all my iFly friends. That was, that was, that was harsh. I saw DJ's reaction, maybe I, maybe I overstepped. Ah, it was funny, man. um, It's sorry it is. It's funny it is what it is, man. I think it's nuts. I I don't think the government should have to tell us to do anything. I think we should just fucking stop doing stupid things. I I went outside. I did uh, quarantine for 16 days because of exposure to a bunch of friends, a bunch of people traveling. So I was like, well, just in case I'm contagious, let me shut down for two weeks, make sure I'm not sick, make sure I'm not passing anything. Okay, I'm good. So I'm to the store today. Some lady's wearing two different face masks. They're both the same type of mask. And I'm like, oh, my God, the way you're wearing that's not working at all. But as she's shopping and grabbing things and touching things and poking things, she reaches under her mask and scratches her face. <laughs> and goes. And she, I watched her do it. Like I made a game of it. I'm like, there she does. She did it again. She did it again. It's like you, you're just – it's the stupidity. It's like if you could just use some common sense – you know, the idea of we shouldn't be in jump planes crowded together for a little bit makes sense. The idea that you shouldn't be hugging each other everywhere you go has always made sense to me, but I'm, I'm kind of weird that way. But, you know, you know, if we just took some precautions, we should, I'm with you guys, be able to live a reasonably normal life, not completely normal. But it seems like the government having to shut you down is the only way some people are making sense of it. It's silly. So there's like... What's that? Oh, I was going to say, just thinking about that mask situation you're talking about. When I was in Taiwan, everyone would wear the face mask. Like, this was years and years ago. But they'd put a little hole in it so they could put their cigarette through the mask. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cigarette smoke is the only gas of any sort that can penetrate that hole, right? Yeah, don't want to get oxygen in. Oh, my God, that is ridiculous. What people do makes me laugh. I, I wish there was some sort of rules or some sort of process to vet information that people were posting on the internet regarding, you know, just regarding the virus at all. Of like, you know, they talk about these mask wearing cultures, like, you know, like these Asian countries where it's really common that when there's rumors of sickness, everyone puts on a mask everywhere they go. And they say that these company or these countries have a lower, um, you know, likelihood of, of, of spreading that disease to, to other people. It's like, oh, it does that really help? And then I read online, oh, well, masks don't actually help unless you're caring for a sick person and blah, blah, blah. Gloves do this. Gloves don't do this. I just wish there was somewhere that was an, at least uh, trying to, 
to go through some of this information and share the most reliable information because I just feel like there's so much misinformation out there that it's impossible to, to find what's true and what's actually helpful. Are you, are you, have you been watching the numbers, Blair? You watch this, this thing get out of hand? The numbers are not I guess, but yeah. Oh, we, we've broke a million cases according to World uh, Worldometers is the website I've been watching. So, yeah. A million cases. It's happened. So, what are you guys, like, what kind of lockdown are you guys in? In Texas, dude, there's really nothing. I mean, oh. where where we are, I think that the um, Missouri has changed. They've they've made recommendations, but I don't think that there's anything really being enforced right now. So, Spaceland have to shut down then. Was that a government thing or a Spaceland thing? Spaceland decided to shut down. Okay. Just I mean, just as more information was coming out about. Um, uh, I mean, I guess as more questions were coming out about, okay, how is how is this spreading? How contagious is it? You know, who's who's getting it? And it's like, well, we don't really want to put our staff in jeopardy, yeah. plane in that sort of close proximity to, to customers that might have it, and then we don't want to put customers in close proximity with other customers that that might have it. And we were just trying to avoid having to figure out what was going to happen if someone got sick at the drop zone. Yeah, true. So. Package this year? There, there are six people on the package this year. They limited it quite a bit. Oh. Uh, last year, there were like 25, and okay. 20 of them were in Houston. Damn. So they limited how many packages could be purchased at each location, and um, it's just not as sweet of a deal as it was, but for people, that, and that's just in an effort to make it more sustainable for the, for the drop zone to continue doing it. But um, you can't, you know, it's not the same of going to every location. It's not like someone can buy it in Clewiston and move to Houston. So it's pretty much yeah. there, are, there are a certain number available at each drop zone, and it's at that, that drop zone. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I got it, like, the golden year kind of thing. Dude, you were the golden boy, man. You made that thing popular for everybody. That was awesome that year. I, I don't remember who had it the year before you. Who? who that was, like, Katie King. No, so I was oh, my year. Okay, yeah. Now, okay. I, now I do remember that. Okay. Yeah, from what I understand, like, yeah, Guru, Katie, but they only did, like, 400, 600 jumps or something like that. Spoiled little brats. Ungrateful little shits. I didn't know what they had. <laughs> and then, yeah, I was up, my year was, like, Royce, Luke, Chantel, Cy, like, that year. Royce. And you, you said, tell me again, you did, you did about 1,000 jumps that year, right? Yeah, I think, it, well, because I came late. Um, I didn't come until, like, mid to late uh, March. Mm -hmm. um, but I did, I think, I think in total I did, like, 986 jumps in that time. How many jumps have you done since leaving Spaceland? Well, when I came back to Australia, I, I was going to get back on the tools, like, back to building. But I didn't want a real-world job, so I started doing tandems. So when I left Spaceland, I think I had like 1,050, 1,060 jumps. Uh -huh. And like now I've got like just under 3,000. Oh, nice. Awesome. So you've still been jumping a fair bit. Yeah. Well, I had been until starting in the tunnel. So how, how long have you worked for iFly? Um, I did FITP about a year ago. Okay. Um, I was in Brisbane from I think it was about April until uh, August, 
and then I moved down to Melbourne. But then Melbourne's had a curse on it for like five years. So we didn't open till the end of last year, and then this had a had a curse. Yeah, like Melbourne has had the, like so Melbourne got approved, and then I think like something happened with the builders, and then because it's right on an airfield, like the two buildings either side of us are hangars, like aircraft hangars. Uh-huh. And there's a DFO, like a shopping center, like a factory outlet shopping center, just on the other side of the runway to us. And um, about three years ago, I think it was, a plane crashed into DFO. And then they re- changed all the restrictions on how high a building can be proximity-wise to the runways. And I like the building fell now, like they changed it. So now iFly was too high for the new restrictions. So it took like a year's worth of fighting it, trying to figure out like how to change and what to change and that kind of stuff. And after a year, they're just like, oh, no, you can keep going. It's all good. <laughs> so there's just been like constant things like that going on. And how? And it's been in business for a year and then this happens? Oh, no, it's only been in business since like October, November last year. Oh, good. So the curse continues. All right, perfect. But we're absolutely killing it. Like we're the busiest time in the world until all this. Really? Yeah, like every day was like a sold out weekend. Wow. So what yeah. what sort of hours was the tunnel doing? Um, on weekends would open like first class is at like eight AM and okay. then last class was at like eleven thirty. Okay. Yeah. So how um, how did it affect the staff's ability to fly with it being so busy? Uh yeah, it kinda sucked in that respect, but like we have like a pretty hungry crew that everyone's still pretty like we got trainers and everything there, but everyone's real kind of passionate about flying still. No one's really burns out. So people are happy to go in in the mornings or stay late at night. Any idea how much time you've got to fly since you started working there? Um, like we get 20 minutes a week and then myself and another mate had just started before all this, just started to try and fly an hour together a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was only for a couple of weeks, so uh, yeah, I've got no idea to be honest. So, does iFly Corporate own the tunnel where you work? Yeah, but iFly Australia's diff. Like we, yeah, we are corporate, so we fall under all corporate stuff. But I think iFly Australia is separate from America. I think I, I don't really understand. Yeah, we're I a corporate. See- when you said about the structure of how much flight time you get, guys get per week, I'm not sure if that... I mean, I guess I've been out of the loop with iFly stuff for long enough that maybe they've changed how all, all tunnels do it and how, how staff flight time comes through. Now, so we, we are different to America's corporate with okay. time-wise and stuff like that. Cool. What are you working on in the tunnel? Are you doing some freestyle? Are you doing some dynamic? What are you all about? Yeah, a bit of... Fr- well, I kind of I've just started doing freestyle stuff without realizing I was doing freestyle stuff because it was fun. <laughs> uh, but... Dynamic is just easier to fly than because you don't need a. I'm I'm trying to get everyone to do VFS in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And like one of the person who likes it, so I'm convincing everyone to flip but shit. None of them know how to hold still. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hold hands, it's fall so fast. Crazy how much tunnel flying's changed in the last five years, mm. and especially the last ten years. Well, I don't know because I like before doing FITP, I've never been in the tunnel. Really? Yeah. Not at all. No. Nah. Shit. So my yeah, my first time in the tunnel was actually no, they took me in on my belly before I walked in there. But yeah, they took me on a high flight. 
So what was it? I, I've always had like this slight interest in being a tunnel instructor. And I guess it comes and goes. So yeah. let's say that you were going to try and talk someone into being a tunnel instructor. What would you tell them? Just do it. Well, <laughs> Just do my it. Next, my next question is going to be, how would you talk someone out of wanting to be a tunnel instructor? Well, like, there's no, I don't see any doubt, like, because I'd never done it before working in it. So I've never had like the kind of drop zone feel of a tunnel where you kind of rock up and have fun and leave kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I love like, because I really like doing tandems because you're sharing what you love with people kind of thing. So I've enjoyed that side of things. So that's like teaching mm-hmm. first time how to fly. And you get to be in the wind all the time. So I right like, I don't have anything bad. Again, like I've only been doing it for less than a year. But yeah, I don't have any negatives or anything like that for it. Well, you should talk to every other tunnel instructor I know and tell them that. Yeah, so but tandem instructor as well and they're all burnt out but i still love yeah. it yeah it's just that's... your attitude and who you're hanging around i think that's a big thing well everyone knows that you've got a bad attitude and that you're no good to be around so yeah. stuff I I for those things we got into the tunnel we got into the sky for the passion the love the hobby the people the sport not for money we all knew it was a shitty financial living when we got into it and it's so funny that some of us chase the the dollar of course i gotta live of course i've got to eat but Remember why we do what we do, why we hold the host this podcast, why you work in the tunnel, why you edit video. And it's just for the passion of sharing and, and giving to others. And Blair, you've always embodied that passion of sharing with people, even before you became an instructor, even before I had to sit on your lap. <laughs> Those are the days. Buddy, I hate to cut you That's short, but I have somebody price based on your haircut and the Billabong <laughs> model. Anything else you want to tell our homies before I cut you loose? Nah, thanks for having us on. Brother, thank you for having, thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out. I'm going to uh, get you to hang up now. And uh, Nick and I are going to go back and talking just for a couple seconds. Nick, uh, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, it's good. Hey, Blair, it's good to see you, man. Stay safe out there. Man, guys and gals, just a reminder. He gone. Just a reminder, just a quick shout out. Uh, I'm about to pop in our next guest. This time I said guests. I actually know who this one is. It's a string of numbers, but they sent me a picture. So that little party picture that you just sent me, guys and gals, I'm about to click on you. If you guys want to join us via Skype tonight, search for Gravity Lab Radio on Skype. Uh, I'm trying to pay attention to what's going on, but man, even for an Asian, this is too many computers rolling at once. But uh, for a second, I'm going to pop up a really pretty picture of Blair again and let you guys stare at him. Nick, what you been up to today? Uh, today? Yeah. I actually did go to the drop zone today. We've been getting kind of a lot of questions about people who will become uncurrent during this process. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say that it will be one of the largest numbers of people who have ever gone uncurrent in, you know, in recent skydiving history. Because, you know, we're a few weeks into this. You know, we have plenty of students who have passed their currency dates because of this. And, uh, you know, we're going to come up on, uh, you know, a license numbers before too long. So we've had questions about what we'll be doing to help people get current. So today we kind of started the plans on doing a uh, Internet-based recurrency training. So think about um, like tutorials that you'd go through for getting a drone pilot's license or for, you know, structured tutorials that would teach you any skill. We're kind of coming up with the outline and structure for that so that we can provide maybe an, an hour's worth of video material 
that'll cover. We came up with uh, and kind of broke it down into six different uh, videos that will, you know, again, probably be around an hour in total. That'll talk about canopy procedures, parachute emergencies, aircraft stuff, um, and, and cover all all of the same things that would be covered in a, in a refresher, kind of like a, a ground school light, if you will. So Chris Budala and I spent, uh, I bet you we spent maybe five hours today going through that stuff and, and, and hashing out the outline for that. And uh, we'll probably get to filming some of that so we can have it uh, ready by the time uh, we start getting dates about when we're going to open back up. Okay. And that way we can start sharing that information around then and help especially our students um, newly licensed skydivers, and then just anybody else who is smart and feels like they need to get reacquainted with skydiving safety information before getting back in the sky after what might be the longest layoff of, of some of our skydiving careers. Man, my longest layoff is five months, and it was forced to a shoulder injury, and, and who knows what this one does. Uh, first of all, if you need help with those videos, let me know. I know everybody volunteers to be on video, but nobody really does it. Um, I'm always happy to help you out. Um, it really kind of crosses the topic of uncurrent instructors. Tandem instructors have to do a tandem every 30 days um, or every 90 days. And if you don't, you've got to take an experienced jumper uh, before you can take anybody else. Those are self-supervised. Uh, you're allowed as a tandem instructor to go take an experienced jumper with over 100 jumps and a B license on a tandem uh, without any supervision for an from an examiner and get yourself current before you go jump with other people. If it's more than 180 days, you need to talk to an examiner. Uh, that being said, some drop zones require you and some businesses prefer you go through an examiner even at 90 days. And if you're an I'm examiner, out, what's that? I'm just yelling at you to not touch your face. Oh, not touch my face. Uh, if you're a uh, if you're a DZ out there, excuse me. If you're an examiner out there and you're dealing with these uncurrent instructors, these guys and gals who aren't going to be able to do tandems, and they are requiring your services and they do need you, I'm going to encourage you to do what every other great examiner I know is doing, and that is to actually do those recurrency trainings for free. Uh, I, I know at Spaceland that they like our instructors to go through a formal process, even if it's over 90 days. So my team of examiners are going to sit down, work together. They don't know this yet. Uh, we're going to make sure we're all up to speed and, and current ourselves. And then we're going to do all the recurrency training. We're not going to charge anybody. If it goes over 180 days, God, I hope this does not go that far. We're still going to do the same thing. Ultimately, this is about community and, and sport. And I hate the coronavirus. I, I hate what's going on. But we see in times of difficulty, man, Harvey, how well our community came together of Houston, how well our community of Spaceland came together. And and now it's the coronavirus and, it, and we're watching it now on a global standard. So I encourage everybody out there, instructors, don't charge your students for recurrency jumps, drop zones, work with your students on recurrency training, examiners, work, everybody work together and get the sport back in the sky as soon as possible. Financially, you might take a hit, but in the long run, you're going to earn everybody's business and fuck money. We talked about it with Blair. You're in it for the sport. You're in it for the passion. So be passionate about each other and help each other get back in the sky the best way you can. So um, just, just one thing to talk from uh, from Spaceland's perspective, just because we're kind of addressing a little bit with the recurrency issue. Uh, and on behalf of all of our staff, I just want to say thanks to everyone who donated to the, the community fundraiser. It's um, it gets pretty scary when you work in skydiving and you're you're you get you know paid pretty immediately for the work that you do, 
And like most places, we work on a, a two-week pay cycle. So when we've had all this uh, less than ideal weather for several weeks, followed by now being on uh, full hold for the, the COVID situation for a couple more weeks, you run out of money pretty quick when you live on not very much of it and, and you're kind of used to going paycheck to paycheck. So we got to uh, spread some of that love out around the staff this week. So we were able to, to get people you know some, some money to get some food and help to relieve a little bit of stress. And uh, a lot of the people that donated asked to be anonymous. I was privileged to see some of the names, even of the people who asked to be anonymous. <laughs> So uh, thank you guys that have, you know, big hearts and that are willing to uh, to give back to, to our community of, of working skydivers. It means a lot to them. I want to throw a little something on top of that. Uh, a lot of people will associate me to Spaceland, and I am 1,000% part of the Spaceland family. I am the Spaceland culture. I, I've been working with the Boyds for 15 years, 75% of the time they've owned the business. And uh, I will clearly say, respectfully, I'm not part of the company. I'm a consultant to them. And I don't get any of these shares. I don't get any of this information. But I've watched what my friends have gotten. But, but to me, what's interesting, and, and I qualify that I'm not part of Spaceland, because you and I, Nick, have both been privy to inside information as, as this was all planning. And even before the announcement was made of the shutdown, the boys were looking hard and heavy on what they could do to support their staff. So thank you to the Fun Jumpers. You guys, man, we live for you guys. As experienced or full-time skydivers, you guys really are what turn our world around. But also to the Boyd family, I know the extent that they were planning on going through. I know the extent they went through. And, and a lot of people made noise about it, and, and nobody knew. Uh, really a lot of respect to Steve, Stephen, uh, Tim Boyd. They do it quietly. They do it discreetly. And I'm going to fucking blow their horn, and I might be stepping out of my bounds if I, I'm doing so. But the Boyd family has been so tremendous to the Spaceland staff and the Spaceland family. And anybody who wants to say, hey, help your staff out, first of all, they are. So fuck you. Second of all, and, I, and if you know who I'm talking about out there, I absolutely mean fuck you. Um, second of all, you, you survive and you thrive and you work five drop zones and keep all five drop zones financially afloat during this. And that's what they're doing. So mad respect and mad prop to the Boyd family. Uh, I, they, they've been family to me for a long time, and I'm, I'm happy to see them take care of my friends and my family as well. So Yeah, um, I echo every bit of that, too. I mean, there, there are a lot of people who are sitting at home, you know, skydiving staff included, but a lot of people just in the world sitting at home that are not, you know, contributing to success of very much at all, other than they're just trying to wait out the, the coronavirus situation. But um, every time that I've been to the drop zone since this started, Steve Boyd has been there, and he's always working towards a solution of how to find funds and ways to support the staff and ways to keep the drop zone going. He's not, you know, he's he's not just writing this out quietly. He's trying to find every solution he can find for uh, for the company and for the staff. He's done a great job, man. While uh we're kind of segueing. I'm going to queue up just a little bit of a video, just a video that you've put together. I'm using our A in a week video as a little bit of a teaser while I'm trying to pull up this next call. So that party that I kind of ignored earlier, um, I know you guys are still online somewhere. Let's see if I can get them added into the call. So uh, we're working on that. Give me one second here. Nick, you should see him in a minute. I really oh, no. Oh, no. I had a terrible feeling that I might see these faces. <laughs> oh, God, we're 
Katie, Katie these ridiculous Katie. characters out on the stream yet, DJ? Dude, Anybody so guys and gals, I have Katie Van Lowe, I have Alex DeGlopper, and Katie P seems to be on every freaking video that we're throwing out during the Rona. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> damn, Skippy. How are you guys, how are you guys doing? No, no travel ban for Katie P. What? I said there's no travel ban for you, huh? No, um, okay, you know what? I got stranded follow. in Florida when it started, and then I came home. And then so, you got coronavirus and gave it to Katie and Alex. Yeah. The first thing we did was we, we all, she made out with all of us when she got here just to make sure. Oh, perfect. Hey, we live with Chinese people. They brought it to us. Yeah, we have Elvin. Elvin is here, too, so we got all the bases covered. Hey, that's Elvin racist. Elvin is in the building. Defending Asian-American friends. Let's beat him up. <laughs> Man, so yeah, Katie, you got stranded in Florida when you traveled there during the Rona. Mm -hmm. You didn't manage to stuff yourself into Anna's suitcase, apparently. No, I sure tried, though. Yeah, you sure tried. Uh, I won't go too far in this conversation, but at the end of the conversation, you asked me for a favor. I told you to email somebody, and I heard you never emailed that person, so that's your fault and your problem. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to do that today. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt you will. So, uh, guys and gals, if you don't know these beautiful people, on the far left of the screen, Katie Van Lowe, you are on the jump package this year. I am, yeah. Yeah, man, what a bad year to pick the jump package. Right in the middle, Alex the Glopper has been on the show. Both of you guys are jump package crew. We are. Formerly yeah. your current knows, but... <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, so how, how's the jump package? You got so far on the package? Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know. We I did think... tally it up, like, right before this whole thing started, like... Two hundred something, I think. Like, I have a hundred and thirty or so. I, I, I think I was like one eighty, like close to two hundred. Video is a little bit of a teaser. While I'm trying to pull up this, What's happening. Where's that sound coming from? KP was on her computer. <laughs> Katie, you're ruining everyone's lives, just like always. I'm sorry. <laughs> You just gotta close the, close the Skype, not the Skype window. Okay, okay, window. I got it. Hurry <laughs> back. I feel so good. I'm not the only one who had a problem starting this show tonight, man. Everybody <laughs> who's joined us has had a technical glitch, and it only took us ten minutes of getting the shit figured out on our end. So you're quicker than us already. But so we we had uh, Blair Smith on was one of our surprise guests. And uh, Blair said that he didn't show up to Spaceland until uh, mid-March, I think, mid or, or late March. And so you got a pretty good head start on him, and he's still got a thousand jumps. So. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm remaining optimistic. I was just being dramatic. Like we still have plenty of good time this year, and there's no reason why we can't still hit it hard when when jumping resumes. You have a glorious mustache, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. You've gotten far out. better since I've seen you last. It's so good. I made sure the lighting was good before we got the Skype call. Like they started doing their hair, and I started <laughs> doing my mustache. So I'm I'm glad that it's working out. We have to look our best for you guys. Yeah. But you're you're waxing that mustache, Alex. Yeah, I'm I'm using the wax that you gave me back in the day. Do you remember that stuff? It came yeah, in the, the fire fireman something or other. Yeah, the label is like worn off, which I think is perfect because it's like this rustic tin can and can't even read the label anymore. And I'm like, yeah. it like it's a can of dip. No, I did it once. Like the the tin itself closed on itself, so I couldn't get it open anymore. 
And I think it was just because I'm like, I'm not manly enough. I didn't have the good strength to open it, but I had to get like some wrenches and shit and like undo it. Oh, so and now, then you just flexed your mustache at the can and it opened instantly by itself? Man, yeah. Well, I've been trying. I don't think I'm there yet, but we're getting close. I'm still working on flexing it for the most part. I still need a, a good amount of wax to keep it up. Speaking of waxing mustaches, hey, Katie Van Lo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> it's not looking that thick. It's looking good. Thanks. Yeah, man. Katie, Katie's on the show, by the way. This is so cool. We were talking about it like earlier in the year or something, and I've been pressuring her. Like, when they ask you, you better go on that show. So look at us. We're doing it right now. And now we've tricked you into it. Hi, Katie. Oh, hey. hi. So, Katie, while well, we had you on the show with, with Ivy, we didn't, didn't wasn't that supposed to be the plan? That was originally the plan, yes. And how, did, how did you weasel your way out of it? Uh, I was spending some quality time with my mom. All right, that's fair. Yeah. Not a lot can come yeah. before family, so I can appreciate that. Yeah. So now we have you on the show. Drum package, Miss Katie Van Lee. I'm sorry, I didn't understand. Everyone's talking. Can I on talk? Yeah. What, what, what have you been hey. doing on, on your jumps recently? Uh, I've been doing a lot of free flying or free trying. Yeah. No, she's fucking killing it. She's killing it. She's being modest. Alex showed me some videos. Her head-up exits are like, sick. Yeah, she's... She's right like there. a... She could be on a head-up record now, I bet. No, no, yeah, she no, could. No. She's no. modest. Slow down. No, she could. You're fucking shredding. She's shredded. She's killing it. She's being modest. So it's, it's the most current you've ever been. That's pretty fair to say, right? Yes, absolutely. How, how does it feel to be skydiving that much compared to what you've been used to the last few years? It's amazing. It's definitely worth, like sacrificing jumps last year to like save up for the package and mm -hmm. be able to like, jump as much as I could this this year mm -hmm. so definitely that helps make things make a lot more sense last year I didn't realize that's what you were doing because you just yeah. stopped jumping last year and it was kind of depressing to watch actually <laughs> I felt depressed too <laughs> yeah so there was a grand scheme and what's your goals this year with your jumps oh man I, I would like to do some more big way kind of stuff. I think that'd be a lot of fun, but I'm definitely trying to dial on everything else first, like be more proficient in all the types, different types of flying before I get there. I know I'm still really new. Alex and I talked about doing a team, possibly, and being a team, AK-47. <laughs> Wait, what's the team name? <laughs> team, team AK-47. I believe oh, you yeah, that's a great name. I don't know who came up with that name, but that's a really good name. Yeah. That was you, yeah, I know me. I'm trying to pretend like I'm not biased. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't picking up on that. That's fine. <laughs> so what have you guys been doing to make your way through the uh, whole quarantine situation? Anything, anything exciting? I mean, a lot of crying for me, but I don't know about these two. Man, we're so lucky. We have this awesome house with three trees in the backyard. And we put up some slack lines. And God, I knew you were going to say slack lines. As soon as you said <laughs> three trees, I saw the slack lines. Yeah, dude, I'm going to put up. We're trying to put a hammock in the trees, but I don't think they're very good hammock trees. I mean, yeah, it'll be a little sketchy, but, like, I think it's too cool. Stand by. Yeah. Like, maybe, maybe in a week we'll have a hammock up there somewhere. Do you guys have the slack lines there to put up? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the end of the world. Who doesn't have slack lines around, you know? Yeah. <laughs> We've been staying pretty, well, like, pretty healthy. Yeah, and I also have, like, my whole van here, which is, like, my whole house. So, like, I've got all kinds of resources. 
Like, they've been kind enough to let me crash here, so I don't have to, like, be totally isolated in the van the whole time. Because uh, Can you imagine if you would spend this entire time in the van by yourself? I would go <laughs> truly insane, because I can't stand up in it. I'd be hunched over. Like, my posture would be terrible. My mental state would be terrible. Like, it, they, they saved my life. The, the yeah. case. It's, it's so nice being quarantined with good company. No, no. it is. It's so true. Like, it, it makes such a big difference. It's like when they're motivated and it's like makes me not slip in a, a hole in depression. Be like, okay, I'm going to do something to them. Probably vice versa. And it's really nice. What else? You guys got any projects going on? Is anyone learning anything new? Um, I'm trying to learn French, which is very hard, and I hate French, and Spanish is way more intuitive, and it makes more sense. Why can't everyone just speak Spanish? <laughs> Why are you choosing French over Spanish? It seems like Spanish is a lot more useful for people living here in Texas. Because one time, I got Domi, uh, after a few beers, Domi said that she hired me in a tunnel as good French. And I'm holding her to it! <laughs> Because I want to work in France. <laughs> Are they, did they ever build any tunnels in China? Did that ever start happening? I don't know. I don't know. We could go. We could ask our um, Chinese uh, advisors. Chinese advisors. <laughs> Chinese They're on night shift. They're like nocturnal. <laughs> I'm just gonna say the last thing that I knew about about tunnels being developed in China. I had a good friend who worked for iFly, uh, Patrick, uh, whose last name I don't remember. That's how good of friends we are. But um, he moved to Hong Kong to, to start the you know the Asian tunnel takeover. I heard that iFly had sold them like thirty some tunnels to spread out through the country of China. Yeah, actually, they did build one. Jed was going to do an FITP in China before all this. Well, what's we could always go. I bet tunnel time's super cheap there right now. You guys want to move our tunnel cap? <laughs> yeah, let's move to China. <laughs> Oh, also, I want to show, I've been starting and trying to learn how to draw, and I drew this pretty thing. It's not done yet. You see, it's so pretty. Can you see it? Yeah, did a, two, a second grader do that? Is that what you're showing me? Hey, you know what? Shut up. Drawing's yeah, hard. We're going to put it on the fridge. We're going to put it on the fridge. Drawing's hard. Baby says Sorry, the happy. Patrick Frammel. I felt bad that I couldn't think of his last name. Okay, so you're drawing. What else? Tell me what else. We're working out. Working out. I you guys getting jacked? Did you just hang up on them? I just totally hung up on them, but man, their audio or video completely cut out on Facebook, so I wanted to uh, bring them back and have them vis visible again. Hi. Uh -huh. Hello. Hello, guys. Really, you, you were just making Nick mad. Yeah, we did. You were making Nick mad, and Nick said hang up on him. He didn't like it Got anymore. Upset. Get upset. Sorry. No, we had a little technical glitch with the uh, video on the Skype. I just wanted to get your video back on the screen. So I easiest way was to hang up on you mid-sentence. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but, um, she, she wasn't going to stop anytime soon. That was a good call. <laughs> so, Katie, you just said that you are learning French. See, Nick just dropped his video now, Nick, and I don't know why you did that. Nick's Look at that. Oh, no. oh, I'm back. Gosh. Okay. Uh, you just said that you uh, are wanting to learn French to go work in France, but you also just told me you can't sit still and stay in one place. So how is this French thing going to really work out for you? Well, I'm. Um, yes, it is true. I, I have very itchy feet, but it, it is very. I eventually, I want to not have such itchy feet. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing with my life, DJ. Like, why don't you just drop it, okay? I'm freaking out, man. 
when I heard that you uh, were learning to speak French, I thought it was because Anna had told you to, but I found out it was no because her. I'll, I'll literally, if Anna tells me to do something, I'll do it. Someone's going to kill someone, I'll fucking kill them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care. Yeah, she wants me to strangle Reba. Hey, no, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Who's re? No, not the dog. Yeah, yeah no, no, I'm just kidding. I was just kidding. That's the, I was just you, kidding. You don't, you don't say that. We have to go to the army to get that. Yo, yeah. man, you and that mullet with a faux hawk. What? Yeah. What? Make fun of your hairdo, girl. Dude, yeah. it, man, it, she needs a faux hawk. It's a mullet, okay? I can't see you guys anymore, and I'm really sad because I want to see your oh. mullet while DJ makes fun of it. Yeah, it, uh, it's her uh, faux hawk mullet, man. It looks like some dinosaur I've seen on Jurassic Park hairdo, but I can't quite tell from there. So, Nick, you've lost our video completely as well. Yeah, I don't see him. Hey, we're we can, right here. We I can, can still see, see you. I see you guys. You guys look great. Yeah, I mean, thank I see you. you. On the live stream, I just can't see you on Skype anymore. It's weird. Uh, should we hang up and call in? Uh, you mm -hmm. should hang up and then uh, go outside and don't ever come back. Don't do it. So, really bad for your health. I just felt like that was the best way to end their call after you said that. I, just hung, I totally just hung up on it when you said that, man. <laughs> oh, that's so shitty. That's so shitty. Man, we really are. Uh, we're, we're over halfway through our, our normal two hour lot of time, and, and I don't know how late we're going to go with this one. A uh, part of it is, is Jesus Crimmy, this is way harder to juggle than I actually thought it was going to be from my side. This is uh, yeah, this is I one thought that that would be the case when I said, "Hey, let's have a show <laughs> where people just Skype call in and we'll do that." So I'm glad that it's working, and I'm glad that it's also difficult. Oh, dude, this is absolutely like half of a train wreck. I'm sure. You're, you see me most of the time I take myself off the video of the screen and you just see me bouncing back and forth like what screen? <laughs> yeah, I have one, two. Looking at you the most because like over here I do have the live stream up, but the volume's not on the live stream and it's on a pretty significant delay. So I feel like I'm out of touch with what's happening on this side of my screen. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I've, I've watched you uh, have a few panic moments and I like it. Dude, it is. I have one, two, three, four, five screens in front of me right now. One screen has two screens on them. Another one has. Dude, that is. That's a lot of fucking monitor staring. I feel like a fly with a bunch of shit in my eyes. So we're going to keep catching up while we're catching up, guys and gals. I don't have anybody in the queue right now. So if you have Skype, please hit me up. Skype uh, Gravity Lab Radio. Search for us on Gravity Lab Radio. We'll hit you up. We'll talk to you guys. Uh, send us messages through Messenger or through uh, the comments as well. And uh, type here, and we will answer anything you guys have. Yeah, but Nick, if you're thinking of uh, calling in, just call in. Be brave. Be brave. Fuck it, dude. Like it's your first solo skydive. Just be bold. Speaking of bold, look at that thing in the background. Hey, <laughs> she ducked down and started crawling. Oh, she's, still, she's doing yoga still. Oh, dude, her butt just kicked up over the couch. I'm like, what? Somebody just broke Sam. Holy shit. Can you By the way, if you talking back there, do you hear her tiny little weirdo voice? I did not. What did she say? Oh, she's still, she's having a Skype conversation as well, but it's yoga related. She's doing her Skype via yoga? Here, hang on. I need you to see what's <laughs> happening behind me. Ah, never mind. She's doing yoga <laughs> on the floor. You just got barked at. It looked like a little dog scolding you, man. Uh, so 
what do you when do you think this is going to end nick when do you think we go back to being able to hang out together in public God, man i really think <laughs> you're so loud <laughs> yeah i was here first <laughs> Hi, Hold Sam. On. Bye, Sam. Let me blur my background real fast. Is it better? <laughs> now Great. she's gone. Now she's no longer visible. Oh, no. She's getting back in focus. It's like, um, when do I think this is going to be over? Yeah. When do you think we're going to go back to normal? Man, that's a really good question. Uh, I would okay. be really happy if there was only two more weeks of this. Um, maybe, maybe at the end of April... Maybe enough of the hype will have died down and we'll have a more realistic idea of what this actually is, how dangerous it actually is, and when we start to see the curve coming down the other way, and we get more realistic expectations of what the hospitals can handle. Like Right now, I think the hospitals are inundated with, with more people than they really need to be because there's so much media hype around the sickness of... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people want to think that they're sick and they want to go to the doctor to get treatment because every piece of media that you see, every conversation that I've had in the last three weeks revolves around this coronavirus. And it's like having, a, you know, my tiny little girlfriend who was just here who spent, you know, she spent a few years working in the emergency room and hearing the stories that she tells about what people are willing to go to the emergency room for on a normal day when there's not a global pandemic and not all this media hype around it. People go to the emergency room for bullshit. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of resources. And I think a lot of those same people are going to to the emergency room right now, and uh, they're kind of clogging things up. So maybe when the hype dies down, only sick people, I mean, that's never going to happen in, in a real world about only sick people going to the emergency room, only sick people going to get tested, but maybe it dies down a little bit, and all of those things come to balance. May, I could see in a month, you know, people like President Trump, people who really want to drive the economy of saying, hey, you know, this has been a nice pause. We tried to, to give it some time, but we really need for the sake of the country and the world to get back to business as, as usual. Um, I could see that happening at the end of April, but I'm also not going to be surprised if at the end of April it gets pushed to the end of May. So uh, I'm I'm ready for both of those uh, scenarios to happen, but I would... Uh, the sooner I get to jump out of an airplane, the happier I'm going to be. That's my short answer. Yeah. It's every answer from you is short, Nick. Uh, I, I agree with yourself. Learn how to drive. I do never happening. <laughs> never. Uh, I, I, I honestly think May's going to come around and we're going to be much in the same situation. We're still going to be recommended to be home, et cetera. Uh, and I want to go backwards in a conversation uh, effective this morning at 12.01, Texas is on a uh, stay-at-home order, the entire state. Uh, Governor Abbott, uh, I believe that's his role, Governor Abbott, uh, Greg Abbott, statewide uh, home order explained. Um, order requiring people to stay at home except for essential activities took effect at 12.01 a.m. Thursday. I actually saw this uh, on the news this morning, and I've, I've tracked a little bit today, and there's been a couple uh, points of clarity. So Texas is now effectively a stay-at-home state, which we've been one of the most patchwork states. Um, and I really wonder, because as long as we see the number of, uh, of reports go up, um, I agree with you at some point, there's got to be a, a break to say, hey, this is going to keep going up no matter what. Maybe we should think about balancing the economy. 
But I think as long as we see a sharp increase in trend, I don't think the number or the, the stay at home is going to go away. The stay at home order is going to go away. And uh, I think Texas is projected to hit its peak in the first week of May. So I think May comes along and we're still, I hate to say it, man. I'll, I hope in two weeks from now they change their minds. I don't understand how, how that happens. Like these numbers, like I've been watching, like, so the coronavirus was at 1,014,000 when I checked it and, and Blair was our guest. And now I'm refreshing it. Oh, it hasn't gone up all that much. But uh, I think that only updates during certain times of the day. But yeah. Uh, I don't. I just don't really understand the numbers fully of how how much are they factoring in the amount of testing and how much that has gone up for the amount of cases that are being discovered and how that affects their overall projected numbers. I don't know if, if any of that's being taken into account. I and, also feel bad. No, I was just gonna say, and, and the the more that it spreads. I mean, I don't know that it makes me feel better or worse that the symptoms seem to be very diverse, that some people get it and don't, you know, they're totally asymptomatic. They don't display any any symptoms at all. And there are some people get it. Like if you listen to what Tom Hanks has said about it, he just felt like he had a case of the blahs, like he was just a little bit under the weather. And it's like, okay, that doesn't sound so bad. And then you hear about Olympic athletes who have gotten it and almost died. And people in their 30s who are on ventilators, who are, you know, the people who are supposed to be the least affected by this disease, people being, you know, in the hospital. And then I, you know, with with um, Sam having so much history in the ER, uh, more things about the emergency room make it to me than, than otherwise would, I guess. But talking about, you know, doctors in um, emergency rooms in New York and just talking about uh, how serious it is for uh People from all all walks of life, not just older folks, like we were told at, at the beginning. So, again, I just go back and forth between being super scared and thinking, "Oh yeah, we gotta we gotta really hunker down," or ah, maybe we just all go let evolution run its course and we let Darwin's work a little bit and we get back to real life. And I'm sure yeah. I'll go back and forth between those things until someone lets me get back to work. I. Uh... I, I, I don't know what to think either, man. I definitely agree. One of the problems is is we've not had the ability to test. So I think the case numbers are going up dramatically because, as you said, we're finally testing. Uh, and then number two, like you said, uh, I think the number I read, and I think the number I read, and, and I remember reading it, God, I wish I could remember where, someplace I thought was reliable. So like, you know, collegehumor.com or The Onion. Mm-hmm. Uh, 50% of cases are asymptomatic. Is that the right word that you used? Uh, yeah, asymptomatic. That's it. Asymptomatic. Asymptomatic. Um, yeah. So, you know, a lot of these cases really aren't showing any symptoms. A lot of these cases really, um, I guess, I wouldn't say don't matter, but they matter. And sorry, guys, if you now see my computer screen at home, um, I just completely blanked out everything and just gave him my desktop. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be interesting as all the testing finally is happening. All the testing stations are finally going. Uh, they're starting to find more and more quick ways because I think it's like 10 days behind in testing. And I forget the number of cases I saw in one of the labs that they're, they're behind in. There's all these things speed up. Uh, and, and then we start seeing how much it is asymptomatic for a lot of people, how that does change the world's view. And and I don't know how much you watch the market and finances right now, but it's just, it's like, a 
just a roller coaster. It's a wave of, of craziness because of uncertainty. And like you said, getting back to certainty sure would be nice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how most people feel about it, and it's like I don't, I don't interact with a lot of older folks or a lot of people who I would think of as as high risk, except for the the very uh, diverse demographic of people who come out to to jump out of airplanes with us. But I'm, I think I'm personally willing to accept a little more uh, risk of becoming sick to get life uh, closer to normal sooner. But that's because I'm a stubborn asshole and someone who's like, <laughs> I'm okay with getting sick. I mean, it's like I really don't want to be in the hospital on a ventilator sort of sick. But um, if it just meant being even really under the weather at home for a couple of weeks and then getting back to, to normal life, then uh, I think that's a risk that I'd be willing to take just to get back to normal life. But I think maybe as more information comes out about just how nasty this uh, disease is, that, that might change my mind. Um, like you, I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast pretty regularly, and he has uh, a lot of different people on that have talked about it. And he's mentioned people who have gotten the coronavirus, recovered from it, and then tested positive again for the virus after they've recovered. And that's scary to me of like, okay, well, does that mean symptoms are going to come back? So I think that we'll find that out as time progresses a little bit more about how many people recover and have a return of symptoms. Or does that mean that you're still able to spread it after you've had it? Because um, maybe, maybe that's scary too, because let's say that a, a huge number of people end up getting it and recovering from it, but are somehow still contagious. Like that's pretty scary for anyone whose you know, parents are still alive or who have you know, close friends or family who are in those high risk groups. But I, I think that as, as that information comes out more and more over the next you know, few weeks that the right decision will probably become a little bit more clear. I think that's really well explained and said. It's, it's a matter of, I do think it's important we take a break. I do think it's irresponsible of us to not think that this could be a real problem. And the only way to be certain is to go through a little bit of this isolation of the self-quarantining. Um, Valerie and I were just joking the other day about we're so happy we get along so well. And then that afternoon we saw an article that said Houston domestic violence reports and crimes have gone up dramatically recently. And uh, pretty obvious why. But I really see the blessing of, of spending time with my wife and watching your brown little dumb girlfriend make dirty faces. <laughs> she's like she's going to punch you right now, bro. <laughs> Dude, she was straight mad-dogging you, man. Don't even smile. I saw that mean mug you were doing. I hear you, book, book. <laughs> What'd you call her? <laughs> Nothing. I called her a set of books. Is that an ethnic slur for Filipinos? No. They, Anyways. Have, they have their own word for white people. With yeah. That? With that. Yeah. A stupid little Panay, get out of here. <laughs> Panay. Panay. Sorry, I say it wrong. Panoy is a guy. Panay is a girl. Filipino. Yeah. Filipino. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, I grew up with a bunch of uh, Filipino friends in Hawaii, so I learned very little things like mahakita and shit like that. Yeah, I, a girlfriend taught me that, and I had no fucking clue what it meant. So, <laughs> um, Nick, did you see my post on Facebook today of my seven jobs, eight jobs, and one of them's a lie. I did see that post, yes. 
Dude, Stephen Boyd was the only one who actually, and he knows me extremely well. He caught it right away, and nobody, game store clerk was one everybody thought was for sure legit, which I get. Because if I wasn't talking to you right now, I'd be playing Call of Duty. So, But you never worked in the game store? Never. Okay. Never. Yeah. I worked in a mess hall. I was a youth pastor. I worked in steel yard for uh, doing construction in steel yard, car sales, traffic school instructor, telemarketer. Security at a bar and club. I was one of the smallest bouncers at one of the largest clubs in San Diego. So that meant they kept me in the back and hid me. Bullshit. I thought I thought the bouncer was uh, was not true. I thought you made that one up. <laughs> Dude, that was one of the fun ones to put out there. What that really meant is I got the five cell mag light when we had problems, like for real. Uh, and then a line cook. I, I cooked in Olive Garden on and off for quite a while. And there was a bunch of other stupid jobs. But game store clerk was so easy to, to lie to you guys about. So... I want to see your list tomorrow and see what I can guess wrong. Okay. Yeah. So I think my, um, man, I don't know. Maybe it'll be obvious. I'm not sure. I'll try. Yeah. Did you uh, like? But the thing is, is I thought mine was going to be obvious to a few people because every one of those jobs, minus steelyard worker, I think I've mentioned. I, I thought I mentioned to you working up fourth and be at the club before. So. Um, I thought you actually would be one of the other ones who knew. Apparently, you don't know me. We're not friends. That's fine. That's fine. Um, man, what are you going to do over the next couple of weeks to get through this quarantine? Uh, I'm going to try my very best to stick to my regular routine as much as possible, meaning mm-hmm. I want to try and get up on time. I want to try and get exercise in, and I want to try and get work done. Yeah. You're so, working partially from home and partially at the DZ? Mostly from home, but I have to go to the drop zone to like collect content to be able to work on at home yeah that makes sense like i'm gonna have to spend a day there with chris fudala filming stuff and then i could spend a week at home editing it but i can't be at home editing footage that i don't have yeah it makes sense uh it's uh fortunately as you know i work from home four days a week so not much has changed i'm finally caught up from safety day and all the shenanigans we had over the last Safety day catching up and then catching up with the coronavirus because all the emails going out to cancel courses, to reschedule courses, to refund deposits, just to to deal with the general public. And, and I'm saying that as if it is a headache because it is. The people by no means have been a headache. Everybody's been very kind and very helpful and very respectful, all, all the customers I've dealt with. But, man, what a pain in the ass to basically take my company and throw it away for a month and a half. I mean, I, That's I my think goal. We- the only comfort in that is that so has everyone, right? Oh, for sure. And honestly, I have a lot. I'm a lot better off than the average person. But that's when I start to. I mean, I don't think that I found myself in the poor me mentality, because I think that I'm also uh, more f- fortunate than than most with how this is uh, shaking out so far. But. It's like, man, everyone's struggling right now, and no matter how bad you have it, there are probably people who are uh, doing far worse than uh, than anyone who's uh, having a pity party about the whole thing. Absolutely, man. And I want to kind of go back to our Spaceland staff and our Spaceland crew for a second because we mentioned earlier uh, that a lot of our friends and family helped out with the staff. But one thing that's been amazing is to watch them help each other. You know, you're on the staff page and, and our, our accountant recently posted, hey, my family, my dad was in town. I'm getting rid of a bunch of extra food. Who wants it? And when different staff members were, a, diff, a group of staff members were named, who 
honestly, I believe would not mind having that help at all. They were very quick to make sure somebody else could have it and somebody else who needed the help. So it, it is really cool. You know, back to, I hate it, and I don't think life will ever go back to normal, or it'll be a new normal. It'll be a novel normal, so to speak. Ha <laughs> ha, see what I did there? I think that it's going to be normal. I really do. It depends how long this goes. I mean, can you imagine there not being concerts ever again? Oh, stuff like that's going to happen. It's how people interact that I think is going to change. You don't think people are going to get back to hugging once this whole thing is blown over for, for a month? If it's a month, yes, I think you're right. If it's six months, I don't know. And I mean, Australia, what did he say? They're locked down for six months? Yeah, that's insane to me. It is, man. I know Denmark, you and I do a lot of business with, with guys there, and they've been locked down for a bit longer than us, and things have tightened up quite a bit. And we've heard from BDR about what they're doing in Israel, man. It's 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 real that this could last several months, and if it does, I think the new it will be a new normal. I don't think it'll I mean, go back to the same. I think in a, in a month from now, we're going to know a lot more realistically whether we're overreacting or not. Because I'm not fully settled on we're not like i think that there's a possibility that we're really overreacting to the to the situation and the only thing that like i guess if i was looking at that from my personal perspective and how my life has changed and i don't know many people i don't know anybody who is who is sick with this with this virus but then that's highly contrasted against the information that's coming out of italy and coming out of new york and coming out of seattle and places with um you know old populations um, high population density. Um, so maybe it doesn't affect places where, you know, there isn't so much mass public transit and so much, um, you know, uh, close personal interaction as there is in, as in those places. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. But I think in a month we're going to have enough information to know, um, hey, it's safe for us to get back to normal life for most people or hey, now we need to think about extending this for, I mean, six months, man, ugh, I don't think I can do it. Six months would drive me nuts, man. I First of all, I do agree. I do think we're overreacting a little bit, but I'd rather overreact than underreact. And I think that's the, like, that's the responsible thing to do is overreact at first until we're sure. Yep. And, and until we have enough information to make an appropriate reaction. And then from there, let's do what you said, make appropriate reaction. And, and I really hope May 1st comes along and we start saying, get back to life as normal. But while you're out, life is normal. Wash your hands. Be good about contact. Don't touch your face. I keep rubbing my face, but I've also washed my hands. I'm in my house. I haven't touched anything else. Um, but as long as we act responsibly, you know, it's uh, it was funny because Val's, I think dad maybe mentioned it to me or to her, but I walked through the grocery store today and I, because of my, my main problem is my mustache up top grows up and curls and tickles inside my nose uh -huh. and I need to trim those up. And that's what I keep rubbing my face for. And so I kept my left hand in my pocket the entire time I was in the store, except for to scratch my nose and I would put it back in my pocket. So my left hand was, would, would not touch anything because it was in my pocket. If I fell over, I was going to get hurt. I was fucked. So this was your first um, time at the grocery store in how long? Dude, this was my first time in public in 16, 17 days. I haven't I, been out of my house. How was your uh, germaphobe senses in the grocery store? Dude, I felt really good because everybody was acting uh, responsible except for the lady with two masks. Sam, did you hear me tell this story earlier? No. 
This lady was wearing two masks in the grocery store. Uh, uh, really, I say what I was saying, but one's just like your paper mask, a standard, like with a little metal crimp on it. And the other one's the duckbill mask that goes on. And she wore one on top of the other. And it made me laugh. And then I watched her grabbing shit and moving around and then scratching underneath the mask and scratching her face and pulling her hand back out and did it multiple times. Um, outside of her, everybody was responsible. Like I've always walked into a grocery store and grabbed the wipes and wiped down the cart handles and the cart spaces. I've always come home and cleaned myself. I've always tried to be clean about contact, wash my hands thoroughly. Um, running water over your hands has never been the idea of washing hands to me. Um, and honestly, I feel better today in public than I did before Corona. I, I know that might, does that sound weird or is that, do you see the logic I have in it? I mean, I see the logic, <laughs> but it's still weird. Oh, dude, when have I not been weird? That, fuck man, that, that for sure I have covered. But it's like, so, I, I can appreciate people wanting to keep things cleaner and wanting to be more aware of, you know, the spread of, of germs. But at the same time, it's like, man, I... I don't know. I'm just like when I hear there's a bad flu season, I don't get afraid and I don't get the flu shot and I am still alive. And it's like, is are we experiencing the equivalent of a bad flu season or is it is it more than that? And I've uh, heard it argued both ways. And I will keep asking those questions until either life's back to normal or until someone can make me feel good about uh, about having either perspective for a longer period of time. And Sam, help me out. Isn't there a much larger, like, do you know the number of influenza cases a year in the U.S.? Mm, I know that there was one year that, oh, yes, I do indeed, actually. I have it open on a tab right now. <laughs> actually, I just pulled open 38 to 54 million flu illnesses. That's exactly the numbers yeah. I'm looking at right now, yeah. CDC? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cdc.gov slash flu. Yeah, yeah, same place. Um, so yeah, so 38 to 50 million cases of the flu every year. We're at 1 million cases of the Rona. But I mean, look at you have to look at it too, that there's 24,000 to 60, whatever that said, 62,000 deaths. Now, is that from, from the flu or just from a random where they don't have, I don't know. You mean someone who's got, uh, like, an old person who's already kind of dying and they die from the flu? No, or I mean, what are those numbers? Are they yeah, what, Are they from the flu, or are they just dying because they're fucking old? Yeah, that's what, <laughs> is it pre-existing conditions that is, you know, the period on the end of the sentence is they died of flu, but you don't know about everything else that was wrong with them? Yeah. Or uh, are these healthy people that got the flu and died? Especially when the range is twenty four thousand to sixty two thousand, that's a huge range. But because uh, we're already what at a hundred thousand. Let's look at the uh, the deaths. Fifty three thousand uh, per deaths. Nick and I, we're, you've been, we've been using the same resources. When you said world meet worldometers, I I have the same thing pulled up on my iPad over here. So that's one thing that's interesting. If this worldometers is actually accurate, and I forget where they say they get their their data from, but it's worldwide one million cases. 5,900 deaths, or no, 5,300 deaths, 53,000 deaths versus uh, the flu in the U.S. last year. Let's go with the low numbers, 38,000, or let's go with the high number and low number, 54,000 million and 24,000 flu deaths. So we already you confused the shit out of me with all those numbers just now. I did. So 50, 54 million 
54 million flu illnesses and 62,000 deaths. We're going high numbers on everything. Sorry. Okay, so 54 million cases of illnesses compared to 1 million cases of coronavirus. 62,000 deaths of flu. 53,000 deaths from coronavirus. And that's the thing that they keep saying is it's a much more deadly disease. And I don't know how true any of this is. That's where all the questions and the paranoia comes from. And Sam's just like mocking it all. Huh? <laughs> you you, you kind of like, as I say that, you point at the screen in numbers. Like, I, I'm curious to what you think of these well, numbers because. It's like, it's the same. But I think it's just more of like, oh, we don't. It's like, we know. <laughs> It's just a different strain of coronavirus. It's not like we don't know what corona is. We Yeah. And so it's like if you compare to the numbers that you're seeing now compared to the ones that you know, the CDC with the flu each year, it's almost about the same, but we don't hear a lot of those cases where it's like blown up now. I mean there there seem to be far more flu cases in a normal year than we've dealt with coronavirus cases so far, right? Because if we're talking about a million cases of coronavirus so far, compared to between 38 million and 54 million, so let's just say an average of 44 million cases a year, we're nowhere near that number yet. But if we only had 1 million cases and we're already having the number of deaths that a really bad flu season would have, yeah, that's concerning, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> she looks at you like, yeah, it's definitely interesting to see. And what I'm curious and the numbers that I would like to see, I think, Sam, you kind of insinuate uh, a lot of my friends keep making fun of the word novel coronavirus. It's not because it's a book. It's because it's a new strain of the coronavirus. Uh, coronavirus has been around forever. Friends are going like, hey, look, it's on this can that says what, what is that? Lysol. It's good for coronavirus because it's been around for a long time. And what I would like to see is I would like to see the number of fatalities to cases of coronavirus that are not the COVID-19 strain. I think, Sam, that's kind of what you're asking as well. Potentially. No, potentially. So you I'm mean, super curious. Other coronaviruses that we've seen in the years yeah. past. Yeah. yeah. And how, yeah. Cause is this really any more deadly than any other coronavirus we've had? It's just, we're becoming more aware of it because social media has made us paranoid freaks. Yeah. Yes. And the truth shall set Sam free. Yeah, but I mean, has this same thing happened? Like, as far as numbers of uh, infections and death and risk, like, has this been present in years past and we just didn't know about it because no one blew the coronavirus out of proportion? Is that is that true? I don't. I have no idea. I, I wish I knew where to find those numbers, and I'm actually scanning and looking real quickly. Man, this is really where uh, having all of us in the same room with with production would be nice one time. But anyways, we're going to conspiracy from the government to keep us apart. Dude, the government doesn't want our man love to be together. Man, I will uh, real quickly mention here is a big reason uh, why I wanted to do this tonight was initially we were going to have our buddy Sonic on the show. And quite frankly, I'm I'm glad Sonic didn't quite work out. Um, And it's because there were some kinks and some bugs to work out in the process of running this via Skype. And, and uh, I think if we had just one guest call in and not the string of, of two or three guests, we would be much better off. But I think we're ready to try this again, man. So uh, next week, you want to see if we can get together with one of our uh, buddies? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. 
I would love to, man, and and, and maybe a public call out, maybe not. I don't know if they'll ever get back to a, a guy like maybe James or Garrett, the two dudes I recently met. James was a Kunzi, is that how you say his name? Uh, I'm not sure if you pronounce that E or not, but I know exactly who you mean. K U N. Dude, his freaking Facebook videos recently have he's definitely bored and he's definitely entertained me. Yeah, he's uh he puts out a lot of stuff, that's for sure. Yeah. And then Garrett Bloodworth, man. And actually I had no clue, but Garrett listens to the show. It was really cool. It's neat to to meet some some people I've been a fan of and people I've watched do their thing. And I met him as Garrett and, and I didn't recognize his face. And later on, I'm like, oh, you're Garrett Bloodworth. Oh, I know who you are. Super cool. And then he mentions he listens to the show, and it's it's just so neat to see how small the world is. So uh, let's no promises, guys and gals, who we can hit up next week and who we can have on. But Nick, let's work on on a couple of those different friends. Sam, you want to be our guest next week? I don't know what I would say. <laughs> Perfect. Ah! That's how we take care of that. We'll take care of that. <laughs> so. Nick, I'm going to uh, get out of here. We're going to wrap the show just a little bit earlier than normal. Actually, only 10 minutes. Holy shit, it's been an hour and 50 minutes of me fucking up the internet. You've been doing great. You're killing the game over there. Dude, go- early on, it was a train wreck. Early on, it was hard. And, and there are some things I learned from this train wreck of a version. So it's a lot of new, uh, same equipment, same software, but a very different layout and engineering to use it. So well, thanks thank for your help. So when I'm sitting in that seat doing the same thing, I'll, I'll know just what to look for. Yeah, dude. It, it, I think we've got it down now. Anything else you want to tell our friends, our family, people out there in the face based land, what's going on? Gosh, I think we've talked the coronavirus thing to death. But uh, if anything, use it an excuse, as an excuse to be more conscious of other people. And uh, I do enjoy watching people be nicer to each other. So um, if that's the one positive thing that we take out of this, then maybe it's <laughs> worth the 200 million deaths that will that will happen man i sure do hope people are nicer stay stay, uh stay healthy hopefully uh people do stay nicer hopefully people do stay healthier and uh guys and gals this has been gravity lab radio we will be back next week we're not sure how we're not sure with who but till then blue skies we will talk to you guys later Bye. bye you didn't play the music (laughs) 